from their studio in the Feeding Arizona building in Youngtown, Arizona, it's the Boomer and the Babe Show with Pete Peters and Deborah Brown. Join Pete and Deborah and their guests as they give voice to 78 million baby boomers from coast to coast and border to border. Now here are the Boomer and the Babe, Pete Peters and Deborah Brown. And yes, indeed, here we are, Pete Peters and Deborah Brown without Deborah Brown. And this is the Boomer the Babe Show. It is Monday, 12 3, 2012. Uh, it's amazing that here we are heading for the last, uh, the, the short rows, as they say. And uh, as far as the year is concerned, and just uh, a matter of 20, what, two days away from Christmas, I just, where has this year gone? It's been a good year in, uh, in many respects. Uh, and we're going to look at the many respects that made it good rather than the many respects that uh, was a little disappointing. But nonetheless, it's over, and we're on to a new one uh, very shortly, and we hope that everybody's uh, looking forward to it fondly. So with that said, uh, we want to invite everybody to go to boomerandthebabe.com, see everything else that we do, including publishing mini books and e-books, and uh, working with people that are in the process of writing their books. Deborah does that, and that's what she's doing this afternoon or this morning as the case may be, and uh, that's why she's not with us today. She's spending a lot more time doing that than she ever used to, and that's a good part of what we've been doing this year because that part of the business has managed to be growing and been somewhat stable, so that's nice. Uh, My guest today is an author in her own right. She is Charmaine Hammond. Uh, She has written a book, and I'm hoping I'm going to be getting this name correct. It's GPS, Your Best Life. Charting Your Destination and Getting There in Style. So we're talking about um, GPS, uh, Global Position Satellite. In other words, I think we're talking about getting uh, getting ourselves on track uh, to be going in the direction that we want to go. Charlene, welcome to the show. Is that an accurate statement? That's a great statement. <laughs> uh, it feels like you've read the book already. GPS in our world, actually, we, we called it GPS Your Best Life because GPS in our book stands for Get Positioned for Success. So it's exactly what you mentioned, getting on track and planning out your goals and making sure that you stay on track through the duration. Well, that's uh, that's an old adage. I don't know who said it first, but it's plan your work and work your plan. Yes, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we get too much into our discussion, uh, as we're going to be doing here shortly, what I'd like to ask you is you can, if you can give us a little what Deborah would call, if she were here, a two-minute movie uh, about your background and your history and, uh, and where have you been and what have you been doing prior to the work that you're doing now so we have a little understanding of where you've come from. Wonderful. Thanks for that. My first career was actually in the correctional system. So many years ago, I was in jail, but behind behind bars on the outside. I was a correctional officer for about 10 years and uh, really enjoyed working with conflict. And when I left the correctional system, I pursued a new career, which was working in mediation. I was a corporate mediator facilitating dispute resolution between leaders and the staff that they supervised in their teams. And then um, along the way, I was always had a speaking a, a passion for speaking and training. And so I was doing lots of speaking and training in corporations. And then about uh, ten years ago, we launched our business to be full time in speaking and training. And along the way, we adopted a gorgeous dog, Toby, 
who um, gave me so much content to write a book about. He destroyed our house and cost us thousands of dollars, and it was almost as if he kept saying, you ought to write a book about me. You ought to write a book about me. And so I did, and that's how I ventured into uh, becoming what I call the accidental author. I see. And tell me a little bit about uh, about Toby. What made him special, and what gifts did he bring to your family and to others? Ah, oh, well, we Toby was five when we adopted him from a rescue organization, and the reason we adopted an adult dog was because we didn't want to go through all the the puppy training and the chewing and the destruction in the house. And little did we know that's exactly what we got with Toby. And um, he he blessed our family in many ways. He tried our patience almost to the point of returning him to the shelter. He caused so much damage in our house. And, in fact, we replaced six toilets. We, he, he would break our toilet tank lids. And once we discovered, with the help of a behaviorist, that Toby needed a job, that he needed a purpose, then life really changed for all of us. And he started to become a bit of a teacher for me. And uh, you say he needed uh, a a purpose. Uh, what was it that uh, was determined to be his uh, his purpose? Well, the behaviorist Maggie suggested that Toby become a therapy dog. Now, i got to be honest with you, I had these visions of Toby running through a hallway in a hospital, you know, pulling somebody's wheelchair behind him or dragging an oxygen tank. I just thought, how can this dog who destroys our house be a therapy dog? And the first day that we went in to the hospital, which was a mental health health facility for adults, I watched him step into his purpose, and it was exactly what he needed to do. His his job, his purpose, was really to bring people love and unconditional kindness and to be a support, and that's what he did every Wednesday for four and a half years. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Beautiful. It, it is amazing how these dogs, these therapy dogs, in whatever line they're working in, whether they're uh, leader dogs, uh, whether they're dogs that help the handicapped and bring mm-hmm. items to them and help them work throughout the day, uh, or whether they just bring love and kindness. Uh, I was telling you before the show uh, that we're familiar here in Arizona with an organization called Gabriel's Angels. Ms. Yes. Pam, Ms. Pam Gaber has her, had her uh, Weimaraner Gabriel, who was much the same, big, big, ruckus dog, and all of a sudden, Calm and loving, and laid there, and 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 had these kids that were uh, victims of abuse and uh, and family discord, and uh, placed in shelters for their own protection, and so on and so forth. Uh, he would bring them out of their shell just by being Gabriel. Yes. And being there and giving them unconditional love, and it's it's amazing the way these dogs they have a sense, don't they? They do. They really do. And I remember, I love what you're talking about, about um, Gabriel, because um, we we experienced something very similar with Toby. On the first day of his job, we had him suited up in a red bandana and the red therapy vest, and we had to check in at the hospital at the administrative unit. And so we walked in, and, and it, you could see the, his body language was different than he was at home. And, and he stopped by every single office. It took us forever to get to the unit because he wanted to stop and greet every single staff person. And then when we walked on the unit, it was almost as if he knew exactly what he needed to do. And he 
he's I, I think he intuitively picked up on the patients that were a little nervous of a big dog and he kept a respectful distance and then there was ones who just wanted to cuddle and hold him and of course he went right over them and put his head in their lap and and nudged them to be cuddled so it was amazing to see their his ability to know what people needed and just just simply provide right right and i see that uh uh i see that here at uh, in my home also with mm. regards to uh, when when people aren't feeling well or whatever, this, this yes. dog that we have will go and and lay at their feet or something or just uh, just be there for for comfort. So uh, it's uh, it's it's quite uh, it, it's quite a sensation to watch. Yes, and, and quite a, a thing to behold when you can see it actually happening before your very eyes. Uh, let's talk about uh, a little bit more about this uh, GPS uh, project, this book. Um, how is it that you came to to write it? I know what basically it's about, but how is it? What is it that prompted you to say, "Boy, I need to write a book about this"? <laughs> well, my friend Deborah and I, Deborah is the co-author, Deborah Kazowski. We were actually leading vision board workshops together and having a lot of fun helping people map out their goals and create a visual image, a vision board of what they wanted to do, be, and have in their life. And we saw the excitement of the of the workshop attendees when they'd completed their vision board, and we'd hear from them months later that things that they had set their mind to were coming true. And so Deborah and I thought, we should write a book. And so together we wrote the book, and that was a really fun process because all my other books I had written on my own, and this was the first time that I had co-authored. So we, we wrote the book together, and it just launched actually a few weeks ago and hit the bestseller list. So uh so what is the uh what is the essence of the book? I mean uh you charting your destination, getting there in style, uh, getting there in style probably has something to do with it. But what is uh, what is the essence? The essence of the book is really it's broken into three uh components. So when we think about getting positioned for success, GPS, we first of all think about creating a list of goals, identifying and getting crystal crystal clear on what we want to do in our life, what we want to have and where we want to be. And for many people they're going through life transitions. For example, they may have um they may have children who have now left home or they're retiring or they're changing careers and so getting crystal clear on their goals. And then the second part is what we call mapping out the plan. Just like you mentioned earlier in the in the show, mapping out that plan. And then the third part of the book covers the ability to navigate around all life's obstacles that happen. And the obstacles that we talk about could be people, um in our lives that are not supporting us or are not uh, being champions for our goal. It could be money. It could be time. It could be uh, life issues that just pop up and get in the way just when you think things are going good. So that's the process that we took to write the book. And then each of the clear sections identifies different strategies and tips and tools to help people get where they want to go in life. Um. We've had several people on this show, frankly, that have had uh, dealing uh, that have written books or have conducted seminars and webinars and do speaking engagements with regard to transition and many of the things that you mentioned, uh, and they all have this uh, information about uh, living your best life. 
Uh, everybody has something to do with living their best life or your best life. And I think it means something different possibly to every person. So uh, what does it mean to live your best life as far as you ladies are concerned? I, I really agree with what you've said, that living your best life does depend on each person. Some people living their best life means that they are free, financially free, for example, and have the ability to travel where they want. For other people, it's about being able to be actively engaged in philanthropy and giving back. Other people, it's pursuing higher education. So it's really individual, and when we think about living your best life, what's most important is about knowing what revs your engine, <laughs> the things that are you are passionate passionate about your purpose and when you live your purpose and find time every day to set aside to be on purpose life is a lot easier and I've seen that in my own life that when I get off purpose when I start doing things that are not connected to my purpose it seems like I'm hitting road bumps or road bumps or or just barriers and when I get back on track life is a little smoother I see I understand uh earlier also you also mentioned uh, champions for your goal. Mm. Uh, what what is what are champions for your goal? Well, one of the one of the challenges that happens for people when they're setting goals is that a lot of people who are close to them, family and friends, they really want you to succeed. But sometimes they come from a place of fear where they don't want you to get hurt in the process of succeeding. You know, sometimes the journey to success means we have to fall down a few times and pick ourselves back up. And so sometimes we're surrounded by people who don't want to see us fail. And so they actually don't become champions for us. Other people are blessed to have people who support them no matter what. They kind of put both hands up in the air and say, I've got your back, and they are advocates and champions for that person's goal. And one of the things that I've learned in business, which also transfers over to my personal life, is that the more I become a champion for other people, so for example, I'm a champion for other authors and for other entrepreneurs, what I see happen is what my friend Sean Duparin calls the cycle of reciprocity. So as I'm a champion for people, it comes back to me tenfold, and other people become a champion for me. Uh, it, the, the thing about uh, having friends and relatives, whatever it is, that they may want to see your success, but they're always concerned that you're that you're not going to make it and so on and so forth, and, and I think maybe then indirectly they don't really – propel or help to propel you to your your greatest heights it reminds me of that story about the crabs in the bucket yeah. uh you know they're climbing up the side climbing up the side and, and over their backs and whatever and then the one gets almost to the top to get out of the bucket and the other's pulling back yes That's yes what comes to mind when i think of that that's a great analogy and what's so interesting is that in many cases it comes from a place of love. It comes from a deep love that someone just wants you to succeed so much they just don't want you to get hurt or fall down in the process. So as they try and protect you, um, sometimes what happens is the person who's on their en route to their goals feels a little smothered. And so one of the things we talk about is the importance of sharing your dream and goals with people that you know will be 
objective champions for you. And the other thing is that have the conversation with the people that you love and say, here's how you can support me. Sometimes people don't know how they can best support you, so they do what comes to mind for them. Whereas if you can give them really clear direction, the best thing you can do to support me is simply every week tell me you're getting there, you're getting there, or give me some positive feedback when you see me overcome a barrier, um, or just love me. When we can give people direction, then they know how to support us in the way that's going to help us best. Deborah and I call that uh, brand evangelists. Mm. Uh, when we give talks or we talk to people about business issues and stuff like that, we talk about developing your brand evangelists. Those are the people that will go out and they will sing your praises because yeah. they they know of they know that you are of what you say you are. And they're they're willing to let people, their friends, associates, relatives, whatever, know that if you're looking for this, this is the person to see you. This is the brand you want to look for, because these are the people or the person that that really knows what they're talking about when it comes to that topic. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So brand evangelism, I think, is 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 just another way of saying, basically, what what you just said. Exactly. Exactly. And there's a great question that we can ask people, for for the people that we are being a champion or, or a brand evangelist for, is we can simply say, how can I best support you? Because often what we think a person needs is not even close to what they need from us. So we simply have to put the question out there and do the ask, asking them how we can best support them. Well, uh, this this may be a little bit off the topic, but I think it kind of it fits in because it's somewhat it's business related certainly, and a lot of this is uh, uh, I think business related as well mm-hmm. as far as this conversation. Uh, when you're at a networking meeting and there's twenty, thirty, forty, hundreds, there's one that we go to here in Phoenix. It's has fifteen hundred people in it. I mean, wow! What can you get accomplished with fifteen hundred people in two hours? You know, but uh, yeah. uh, but it's just one big mix and mingle. Um, and and what I find in many of these, whether they be big or small, is that these people aren't there to find out about me from the standpoint of how can I help you. Mm. They're here to find out about me from the standpoint of what if if what I have is something I can sell to you. Yes. And it, it just absolutely rankles me and it's rankled me to the point now that I, <laughs> I don't go to many of them anymore i i uh, totally get what you're saying because it's just a simple situation of and then and and they're not in a position uh they they're they're not of a um they're not of a managerial level to the point where they could write the check. If I was going to reciprocate with that kind of a with that kind of an approach, they couldn't uh-huh. write the check anyhow. Right, right. Because their job is to be there and sell something to somebody. Right. And if yeah, they there's a real mindset difference there. Yes, yes. And if they don't sell something, their boss will say, "Well, you're not going to that one anymore. I'm not paying that fee." That's right. So what I yeah. need to do and what we all need to do that are in business and find out how we can help people genuinely and how people can help us genuinely is work on a different level, work on a C-level. Mm-hmm. You bet. And we, and we don't always have that opportunity, do we? That's the problem. 
It is a problem, and I think what you're talking about is so, so important because it ripples out into all areas of our life. And what we found is that when you come from a place of being very pure and authentic, and when you focus more on the relationship instead of what can I get from that other person, you focus on the relationship, which really is a different mindset. It allows you to actually have conversations that involve how can I be of service to this person. And that is such a different conversation. It allows deep, deep relationships to happen. And what I've learned time and time again from networking meetings, when I go to a meeting with that mindset of how can I be of service to others, what always happens, I mean 100% of the time, is that the person that I absolutely need to meet, who has the solutions to my problem or the answers to my question, seems to show up because I've come from a mindset of how can I be of service instead of what can I get. Right, right. It's it's what you put out there. Yes. Uh, yeah, and if, if if you're putting it out there that you're doing nothing but taking, uh, you're going to attract nothing but takers. That's That's what I've seen for sure. Absolutely. Well, one so, of the one one of the things that I found really helpful for me in the last couple of years going to networking meetings is I actually frame the meeting in advance. So I look at the meeting that I'm going to, and then I decide in advance how I want to show up, how I want to show up in that meeting, and then what my goals for the meeting are. So I might say something like, I want to show up authentic, um, social, so that I can actually meet people and build relationships with them, and I want to show up in a way where I can serve others. And what I hope to get out of the meeting is that I have the solution or answer to someone's question, or maybe, uh, better yet, I can introduce them to somebody who can assist them. And so I find when I have really clearly defined my mindset, it allows me to show up from that place of relationship building. We, uh, Deborah and I, did something one time, and uh, and it, it, and I think we just didn't take it far enough ourselves. But it was basically, how can we help you, Mister Business, Mister Fellow Businessman? Uh, what are your needs? Our Rolodex is your Rolodex. Mm. And, you know, chances are we know a lot of people. Uh, we yeah. do the radio show, we do this, we do that, we network, we go here, we go there. Chances are we know or have met a lot of people. We may not know them really, really well, but we certainly know them well enough to have spoken with them for a half hour to an hour on a radio program. Uh, and we've gleaned something from them. So uh, they're now in our Rolodex, so to speak, our mental Rolodex, if nothing else, or they're in the archive list of shows. Right. You know, what what do you need? I mean, do you need somebody that can help you find direction in your life and business? I know this woman, Charmaine, who can help you do that. Uh, so, I mean, that's 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 the kind of thing that we try to do is we try yeah. to be uh, facilitators, if you will. Mm-hmm. Facilitate the conversation, not only between us and whoever our guests are, but between guests and other guests or guests and people that need goods or services mm. and, and that seems to be working pretty well as well as we can make it work at this time we still have to work more at it but um, that's that's really one of our objectives is to uh, is to be that facilitator I think that's a great approach 
to business and to life because, like you just said, so many times we know the person or we're one person away from who that other individual needs to know. And the challenge is, is a lot of people will not openly disclose what it is that they need or what they're looking for. And so what you're talking about, by putting the question out there, it starts the conversation and then you're able to be that connector, the person who shares your influence with other people. And I just think that I've I've had, that's a big part of actually how we run our business. And and um, I introduce people for radio shows and speaking engagements and, and business. And it's amazing to see the deep relationships that start to happen and the people meet the person that they have to know. And if we didn't put it out there, they may not have had that opportunity. I understand that in the book uh, you and Deborah talk about obstacles uh, that you need to navigate around. Uh, and uh, and some of these obstacles can get in the way of success. Uh, what are some of those obstacles? Uh, one of the obstacles is one that we touched on a little while ago, which is the whole concept of our mindset. And so when we come from a place of scarcity or we have a, a mind tape going through our brain that says, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I can't do it. When those are the messages that we're feeding ourselves, it really sets us up for failure, not success. So we have to, first of all, get a mindset that supports our success and that's really going to help us achieve our goals. And for many of us, that's a lot of work because we've had these programs playing in our brain over and over and over again, many many people since they were children. And so one of the strategies that we talk about in the book, and we actually encourage people to buy recipe cards or index cards and write the statements on there, and we call them I am statements. And so instead, if, if a person had a tape playing in their mind that said, I'm not good enough, they could change the wording to say, I am good enough. I am strong, I am courageous, whatever words are going to support you, and then write them on an index card. And I actually have mine in my wallet, in my purse, in my glove box, in the car, in my briefcase, and I carry them with me wherever I go. And when I'm having a bumpy day, I pull those out, and it changes my thought process. Absolutely. for those that are listeners to this show on a regular or somewhat regular basis, chances are pretty good that they know that I have been, and I still am, but I just don't do it as much anymore, an avid golfer. And you and we just had a, we have a show that we do called Straight Down the Middle, and uh, there was a woman on, a former LPGA pro, just last week, talking about a lot of the mind things. And she is a mind coach with regard to getting your best performance, whether it's in business or in sports or whatever the case might be. And I was relating the subject to her, the topic to her, that as I approach a water hole on the golf course, the last one of the things that I always hear myself saying is, don't hit it in the water. Don't hit it in the water. <laughs> what are the last words that I put in my mind? Hit it in right. the water. Exactly. And guess where it goes? It in goes the water. In the water. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, so it really is a lot of what you tell yourself and a lot of self-talk, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And years ago when I started learning about the power of our brain and our thoughts and our feelings, I started creating a morning exercise for me that has just changed my life so much, and it's a simple exercise. When I wake up and I roll out of bed, doesn't matter how I feel Physically, if I'm in a good mood, you know, or still waking up, when my one foot hits the floor, I say thank. 
And when my second foot hits the floor, I say you. And I always start my day from a place of gratitude. And I will say that the days that I miss doing that because I'm rushing to get out of bed, my day just feels a little off. So I think there's something to it. When we start from gratitude, and then what I do is when I'm making my way to the washroom to start getting ready for the day and and, uh, doing my hair and makeup, then I look at myself in the mirror and I do what's called framing my day. And I talk about how I want to show up in the world that day and what I'm going to contribute to the world. And I find that when I do that, it just helps me be, it makes me feel like I have maybe a little bit more control over what might happen to me or a little more influence over my day. Is that what you talk about in the book when you're talking about getting clear? We do. We absolutely do. And we talk about uh, really getting clear on your goals. A lot of people, an example is I hear a lot of people talk about regrets. I wish I had done this. Or, you know, I wish I had taken that trip around the world. And they come from a place of regret. And what we try and do is help people focus on what their goal is to get really crystal clear. And I'll give you some examples. When when I was doing a vision board once, I had uh, put on a vision board uh, that I wanted to have a, to be a best-selling author. And it was funny because in a little tiny circle that was maybe an inch by an inch, I had cut out something out of a magazine that said, movie. And I had totally forgot about that. And when our book on Toby's terms got signed to become a movie, I was so incredibly shocked and excited and overwhelmed and my husband pointed out he said Charmaine it was on your vision board all along you saw it I'll be darned isn't that it is so being crystal clear on what we like uh, on what you want to do or be or have and when you write it down whether you write it down or do something like a vision board what happens is your brain really starts to get locked around your goal and it helps the planning process become a little easier. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, good information, very, very good information. Uh, before uh, we go much further, uh, Charmaine, what I, what I always do at about this point of the show is I have a, a little commercial package that I play, so uh, we're going to do that, and then after about two and a half minutes, we'll come back to conclude our conversation. We'll be right back after this. Boomer the Babe are the publishers of Boomer Series Books. Our authors have their own shows on the Boomer the Babe Network. We encourage you to listen. Ron Naraki, author of the forthcoming book, The Ten Commandments of Investing, is the host of Wealth DNA, a financial show about real estate investment. Learn how to build and manage your portfolio. Ron hosts the show, and he always has good information to pass along, as do his guests. Listen to Wealthy DNA on the second and fourth Monday of the month at 8 a.m. Arizona time. Tom Liggering's another Boomer Series author. His book, Success or Failure, The Choice is Yours, is the basis of the show he does with his broadcast partner, Dr. Terry Munther. Listen to Success or Failure with Tom and Terry on the fourth Wednesday of every month at 9 a.m. Arizona time. Learn how you can maximize your performance in business and in life. The methods you employ can either help or hinder. The choice is yours. Before you book your next round of golf in Arizona, go see what golfers just like you are saying about the courses you want to play at GolfMix.com. While you're there, write a review of the last course you played and get $10 off your next purchase at Vans Golf Shops and enter into our Greenskeeper of the Year contest for a chance to win a foursome at the home of the Waste Management Phoenix Open, the stadium course at TPC Scottsdale. So check out Golf Mix, Arizona's leading golf course review site and mobile app. What are you waiting for? Yeah, 
at golfmix.com. The Boomer and the Babe are proud to be affiliated with Valley View Community Food Bank, where the food is always free. Valley View is now serving Phoenix from their new 36,000-square-foot location at West Peoria and 107th Avenue in Sun City, Arizona. The new location houses the Food Bank, Feeding Arizona, and the Valley View Thrift Store. Feeding Arizona delivers food to other food banks and food pantries that are in need. If you're looking for a 501c3 to support, go to valleyviewcommunityfoodbank.com. All donations are welcome, be it food, money, or volunteer hours. No donation is too small. Get a hold of Jesse Ramirez, founder and director, and say, I want to help. Valley View Community Food Bank, where the food is always free. And we are back. It is Monday, 12-3-2012, and we are talking with our guest today, Charlene Hammond, author of the book, and I hope I get this right, Charlene, GPS Your Life is the basic title. Uh, Give us the rest of it. GPS Your Best Life, Charting Your Destination and Getting There in Style. There it is. I knew I could rely on you to get it right. (laughs) Uh, Let's Let's talk a little bit about some of the other things that uh, uh, there are some other points here that I think we should we should cover. We talked about getting clear and what what that means, and uh, about also we've talked a little bit about overcoming uh, obstacles and taking detours in life. Uh, what are some of the examples? I know you've given us some. Are there any others? One of the examples I love to talk about is what we call the incomplete. One great strategy is to go around your house and find everything that's driving you crazy, like the squeaky closet door, the kitchen cupboard that won't close properly, and then every week do one thing to get the incomplete solved. That that's excellent. Deborah's got a whole list of incompletes for me right now. As a matter of fact, I mean the the, the light over the stove, the fluorescent light uh, over the sink, <laughs> <laughs> the refrigerator light that uh, that we think goes off when the door closes. Oh no, it it doesn't come on when the door opens. That's what it was. Um, <laughs> that's I've never been in the refrigerator refrigerator, so I don't really know what it does when the door closes. Uh, but I mean, there, there's all kinds of incompletes that we've got, and I can see where that would be beneficial because it just simply doesn't nag at you anymore, doesn't gnaw at you. Exactly, exactly. And because I know what happens is, uh, if I don't get them done, or if she doesn't get them done, I says, "Haven't you done that yet?" Or she'll well, say, and it just "What are you going to get? Irrit- when are you going to get to that? You know, when are you exactly, get to that? exactly." Oh. And it becomes an irritation. Exactly, it does. It does. It's like that little in the saddle or that little sliver in your finger. You can't quite get to it, but you know it's there all the time. Exactly. Does everybody have a true purpose, or is it a lot of people just don't even know what it is, don't think about it, mm. don't care about it, and they just kind of wander off meandering through life? I think that people find their purpose in different ways. I think that some people actually know what their purpose is. I think musicians and artists, they're kind of born into their purpose. They are doing their purpose right from a young child. Then there's other people like me who their purpose actually found them. I had no idea I wanted to be an author. Then we adopted Toby, who really forced the situation on me. And then I think some people, their purpose changes through through life. 
and it changes as they as they take on new experiences and and endeavor on new different goals and projects. I think of a, a lady that I know who her purpose has changed many, many times. But the theme for her was always that it was around helping people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, when you mention that, I can I can look back and see of all the things that I've done in my life, and uh, my purpose has changed. I guess that's a a nicer way of saying that I am not really as schizophrenic as I thought I was. It's just that my purpose <laughs> has changed uh, because I mean it has. It's always, but there's been one thing that has always been woven through whatever. For the most part, whatever it is that I did, whether I was in the catering business, whether I was selling business opportunities, whether I was selling promotional products, whether I'm on the radio, whatever the case might be, it's all having to do with marketing and moving some kind of a product or a message. It has to do with uh, a a sale or marketing, and that is uh, the, the thread that has woven itself through everything that I've ever done. Right, right. Yeah, I see that with a lot of people where there's that thread. And I think for me, same thing. The thread has always been about sharing a message with other people. And I've done that through the work I did in corrections. I've done that through mediation and, of course, as a speaker and trainer and now an author. It's more about the how we share the message has changed for me through life. Uh, yes, I imagine your message was one was presented one day one time when you were a corrections officer than it was when you were a speaker. Yes, <laughs> that's so true. Uh, one was a little bit more, um, shall we say, direct. <laughs> yes, that's a great way to look at it. Yes. Oh my goodness, I cannot. I have uh, my stepson's wife is in corrections, and I. And I just, oh my gosh, I just, I shake my head whenever I think of uh, ladies that are in the corrections industry, and I, I and I just go, wow. I mean, whatever possesses, and maybe you can answer this, what possesses a woman to be be involved in corrections? Oh, what a great question. I, I, when I was a teenager, I knew I wanted to be in a career that was helping people. The challenge was I didn't know in what way, and I remember, I think it was grade 10 or 11, I wanted something that was exciting, and that's how I became involved in the the desire to be a correctional officer. What I really loved, though, was when I left the jail system and went and worked with young offenders. That was really my passion. It was sort of like I had to find the right way for my passion for helping people to come out. And when I left the adult prison system, went into group homes and correctional facilities with, with young offenders, it really allowed me to grow and to give back the way I wanted to. Well, I uh, I had occasion in, in my catering life. I had occasion, uh, there was a, um, I don't know what the proper term is, it a halfway house for uh, offenders that are coming out of uh, out of prison and trying, oh yes, uh, and and trying to assimilate back into society, uh, and these uh, this house of uh, of men was involved in doing whatever they could as groups. Uh, they would come out and they would work fairs and and events and so on and so forth, uh, and the the fees that they earned would be paid to the household. And the household would do whatever they did with them, a, a, a sign or give give some out or whatever. I don't even know, but I do know that in many instances these these were really really good, strong, hard-working people, and they were there to prove the fact that they were not going to be offenders anymore, 
and, right. and, and trying to make their way back. And it was, and it was, uh, I was very uh, uh, disheartened uh, at one point because I, I had met this one, uh, this one gentleman, and he uh, was working and doing some cooking for me on, on some specially large catering events, on outdoor catering events over in San Diego for the San Diego Chargers. And uh, and he was just a whiz. I mean, this guy was a, phen- a phenom around the grill and flipping burgers and dogs and sausages. <laughs> and, I mean, he really knew his stuff. He knew exactly when to take them off, exactly when to put them into broth, the whole thing. And uh, I asked him, I said, where did you learn to cook like this? He says, I'm ashamed to say I learned it in prison. Wow, and I and I wanted him to come uh, again whenever I had the opportunity to use him. And I called and I said I need to have this gentleman. And he said, Well, unfortunately, he had a setback and he's back in he's back in prison. Oh, and I went, Oh man, this really stinks. This yeah. really stinks. And there were uh, alcoholics or drug offenders or whatever. There was no there was no uh, hard crimes like. There were no rapists and murderers and you know, things like that, but it was primarily substance abuse, and uh, and he had a relapse. And uh, he he's got it. These people have to be fighting a battle, but anything you can do to help them, it does make you feel good when you can help them. I know that for a fact. Yes, yes. So yeah, I certainly saw that too in my in my career. That uh, and it was an it's an interesting conversation. I remember talking to a lot of the the more the adult offenders, not so much the young offenders, about what led them off track. Many of the people in prison. Oh my gosh, I met some most exquisite writers and authors, and some of the inmates who were incredible at woodworking or at art. And so it always amazed me what led them off course. You know, how did they get so off track? And it was really interesting to hear the answers. And But what I heard over and over and over again was that when they were on track, that they made different choices in their life. So when they were connected to what their true passions were, now, of course, the, the gentleman didn't like to call it passions, but we, your purpose, true calling, however we want to define it, um, life was easier for them, and they made different choices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it's it's too bad that some of them can't make the right choice on a regular basis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, we've talked about GPS as it pertains to business uh, a fair amount during the show. Is there anything else that you could uh, uh, give some business people information about how to how to position their business for success? Sure. One of the one of the important elements of setting up your business for success and GPS in your business is around resolving issues and and this is critical because a lot of times in a team environment or a business environment there's issues or unresolved conflicts that are kind of going on under the surface and everybody knows about it but nobody's talking about it or at least they're not talking directly to solve it. They're talking to each other behind closed doors and that really gets in the way of success. It gets in the way of family relationships at home because we bring the issues home. It gets in the way of workplace relationships. So we talk about the importance of clearing up the old issues, getting rid of the junk that's in your trunk that's blocking you from success. And I know many of the businesses that I've worked with, whether they're small business or large industry, when they invest in the people, really good things can happen on a success level. Yes, I I agree with that 100%. Invest in the people and it it does a lot for your business. There's no doubt yes. about it. Yeah. Well, there's a quote that I love by Judge Esty and Judge Esty says 
conflict is not like wine. It doesn't get better with age. <laughs> I just love that quote. <laughs> Isn't that great? Oh, it's, it's I, true. Because a lot of times what happens in the workplace, and we do this the same thing in families, um, many of us are conflict avoiders. We're afraid of what's going to happen by addressing the issue, so they don't. And what I've typically noticed, I was a mediator for many years and I saw this every day in my work, is if we wait for the problem to go away, we're actually just waiting for the problem to grow. And what happens is that other people who aren't involved in the conflict, they start to jump in and have a say. Um, we build alliances. You know, we build these camps in the workplace, and it becomes an us-against-them or a you-against-me atmosphere. And then the longer we wait, the more critical the situation, but the harder it is to repair the damage. It's like a wound that's not treated. Exactly. It, it festers. It infects. And it spreads. Exactly. And it, it will not get better on its own. It must be treated. Exactly. And and one of the things that I learned from working in the field of dispute resolution is that we really have to make sure that the issue is resolved. A lot of times what happens is people have a conversation and they leave feeling good. Something was aired, but there's no actual outcome. You know, they sort of vented the situation and it's been aired, but there's no commitment to change or no commitment to how this situation will be avoided in future. And I learned that from one of the very first mediations I did. The It was two people that work on a team and they had a great conversation. It was simply an assumption that had kind of taken on an ugly trail um, an assumption didn't get checked out and then both people were drawing assumptions about one another and it affected their relationship and what happened is they both felt so relieved that they cleared the air and just as they were ready to leave and say thank you Charmaine I said whoa 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 we got to figure out what's the, the go forward plan and so we needed to make sure that these two people who worked together could still return to work and be respectful and civil and not have this issue crop up because often the issue just comes up in different ways, different examples of the same problem. Right, just manifests itself differently. Exactly. Now, how about yourself? Have you ever have you ever found yourself off track and then how did you get back on uh on the on the proper path? Oh, I love that question. I've gotten off track so many times. I think for those of you that are listening, you can probably relate to me. One of the things that I know gets me off track is not being clear or focused. Uh, when I get busy being busy, and I think a lot of people can relate to that, we're busy being busy, and at the end of the day, we can't really even determine what we've spent that eight hours on. When I don't have a clear focus, that quickly pulls me off track. So I've done some things, in, and we talk about them in the book too, but little things to organize myself. All my goals I actually write on index cards. This is the second example of how index cards can help. And again, I keep them with me in my wallet, my glove box, in the car, in my briefcase, in my, in actually in my washer in, where I put my makeup on so that I can read them in the morning and feel very grounded to my goals. Um, one of the other ways that I've gotten back on track is I pay attention to my body. Usually when you're off track, um, we just don't feel aligned. We just feel off. And I, I can't even think of a good word to um, say, but, you know, you just feel off. Something feels a bit clunky in life. And I've learned to pay attention to that and then to quickly put myself back in gear and get back on track. Pay attention to pay attention to being clunky. 
Yes, exactly. You know, our body does give us so many signals. I, I can think of, if we talk about conflict, a lot of people, as soon as a feeling of disagreement happens in a conversation, their their gut gets um, a knot in it, or their their um, their jaw feels tight, or they sort of zone out. So our body gives us lots of clues when we're off track or when we're really uncomfortable, and the best thing we can do is pay attention to them and, and change course. Uh, Deborah refers to uh, things that we're doing when we get ourselves really scattered. I mean, sometimes well, she does books. She does the books part, the publishing part of what we do. Uh-huh. I, I do the radio part of what we do, for the mo- predominantly. Now, there's a little bit of crossover there uh, don't, because we do work together. But, for instance, uh, if I say I'm going to add another show, for instance, I've got – I've got the Boom and the Babe national show that we're talking about now. We've got an Arizona show. We've got a golf show. We've got a making it show. We've got three other people that do shows on our network. And I said, I want to add another show. And she says, you are going off the deep end. You need to pick up, she says to me, you need to pick a lane and stay in it. Yes. <laughs> what does that mean to you? Oh, that's so true. I'm one of these people that that I think I might be like you. I like a lot of variety. I like challenges. And so I often get excited about an idea. And I think my husband is like Deborah for you because he always brings me back to the lane. Um, a lot of times... Uh, many people have a way of working that they get almost to completion and then they change course. They go on to something oh. else. And I'm like that. I work where my energy goes. And so I've learned that I have to get help with what I call the finishing. So I'm a great starter and I need help finishing. And I'll give you an example of nothing to do with business but with work. When my husband, This is when it became really clear to me. My husband and I were painting the house. And so I was worrying about the coffee and the music we were going to play while I was painting. And I had no desire to do all the taping of the baseboards and all that stuff. I just wanted to paint. I didn't want to do the preparation. That's his strength. Mine is the doing the work part. And then, of course, at the end, after the room was painted, I wanted to now move on to something else. And, of course, it still needs to be cleaned up. So we've learned to work together so well because we combine our strengths. He's a great finisher. And I'm a great starter. So now we align our strengths, and we have a lot more fun working together. <laughs> well, I go down several lanes. There's no doubt about it. But I always try to finish whatever it is I'm doing, and I put it to completion, and then we, then I then I function there. In other words, if I'm mm-hmm. doing my golf show, my golf show is set to go on on a particular day at a particular time, and it always goes there. And I always try to make sure I've got uh, guests, and it's not just the three of us that are on the show talking about a bunch of hooey, and we have some direction on the show and so forth. But yeah. what Deborah is Deborah is the one, and I'll say this quietly. Uh, De- <laughs> I won't breathe a word. <laughs> De- she's the one that has bright, shiny object syndrome. Oh, BSOs. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, she'll go. Well, look at this, and let's do yes. this, and look at this, and let's do this. Let's finish one. No, but this will be this, and this will make that good. And yeah. and we and I sit there and I just shake my head. I go, Oh my goodness gracious! What are we going to do about you? And uh, <laughs> and I don't have an answer. I get it. Well, here's an answer that can work. I don't know if it'll work for Deborah, but it worked for me. My husband bought me an idea book because mm-hmm. I often get these. I'm in a project and I get another idea. And, of course, if we follow all the BSOs, bright, shiny objects, it takes us out of our lane. And so he bought me an idea book. What's so interesting is that process of writing down your idea that you're passionate about, you're excited about, putting it in a book, 
and then putting it aside. It's the idea is there, but it's interesting. I haven't come back to a lot of them yet, but I know they're there when I'm ready to to access them. Let me tell you, Charmaine, she's got so many notebooks with so many ideas. Oh. <laughs> she, she, I, she listens to every webinar, every seminar that she can get on the internet with regard yeah. to anything that we're doing, and I just go, oh my God, not another one. You've got so much knowledge in your head. Just use that, and we will be just yes. fine. Yeah, that's, it's that's part of Deborah being Deborah. That's just the way well, it's, it, it's interesting because I can I can relate to that. I know a lot of listeners probably can, and it's about then stepping into action. So Deb and I talk about the five daily GPS. So every day, picking five small um, steps that you can do that move you into action towards your goal. And just stay focused on those five. That helps you manage the BSOs that come up, the bright, shiny objects. It helps you finish what you started, and it helps keep you in your lane. So that's five steps to complete your goal. Yes, and many actions. Most people, um, you know, create really lofty goals, or the goals are lofty, but so are their action steps. And I always just say five little tiny steps. Because they, if five steps in a week, if you consider five work days or, or you know, give yourself the weekend off, that's 25 actions in a week. That's 100 a month towards your goal. That's a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of progress. So it's five small daily steps. Yes. And the best thing to do is to do the I, – I always suggest to people is to do them first thing in the morning when your energy is high and – that way you get what's most important out of your way, and then you've got the whole day free. But a lot of times we get busy being busy being busy, and when we think about taking progress on our goals, is it 11 o'clock at night when we're tired and it's time for bed? Wow, that's great. That's great. so true. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> I actually use a red file folder. It's kind of funny. I'm a visual person. And so I have a red file folder. It's called my Red Hot File Folder, nice and simple. And in there I put the five things I've got to do every day. Mm-hmm. And Because I find if I write them on notes or put them on a sticky or put them on the daytimer, they can easily get lost in the shuffle. Right. But when right. they're in that red file folder, they're there. And before I go to bed, then what I do is I pull the list up again, create the five for tomorrow. And that's my focal point. I'll be darned. Well, it's amazing. It's amazing that sometimes just the organization process really gets you uh, in the direction you want to go. Yes. Provided you can stick to the organization. That's, That's the right. <laughs> the organization. What is your favorite GPS tip for your oh, best life? My favorite one. I think I like the Daily Five because it really helps keep me focused. Um, I know that we can easily create to-do lists that carry on for pages or books, and five allows us to breathe. You know, it's manageable, it's doable, and it helps keep me organized. And the other part is that it keeps our goal top of mind or our goals in the forefront. Uh, we're, we're coming down to the short rows here as far as uh, that's what they see out in the farmland. I don't know. We're down to the, we're down to the short rows. Uh but what happens when your daily five includes things that are extraneous to the task? Uh, I don't know how to where to say. Let, let's say that your daily five are 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 
not only involved in the in the task at hand, but they're also but then you start adding to them things like uh, uh, other other pieces of information in, uh, with regard to health issues, with regard to financial issues, with regard to housing issues, whatever right. whatever the case might be. You've got your task for business, but what happens when you start adding the others and it gets beyond five? Yes. Well, one of the things we talk about is you can pick one for each area of your life. So it, it, ah. business might just be one. Uh, for one person I can think of that uh, uses this strategy, she, on her five, she has one that's related to health and wellness. So uh-huh. it might be tomorrow, Tuesday is her day to go to the gym. So Tuesday might have going to the gym. She always has a little star at the bottom of the paper that says drink lots of water because that's kind of a given for her. But then she also has things that are related to her her social commitments or her friendships or family relationships. She has something related to her job, her business. And then she also has something that's related to her bigger goals. One of her goals is around travel. And so she has goals or action steps that are focused on her planning out this big journey that she wants to go on. I see. So you can certainly break it down, chunk it down into various facets of your life. Right, right. Well, that makes it doable. No doubt about it. it. That's right. (laughs) It's all about making it doable. Well, Charmaine, tell us, uh, this is uh, your opportunity here. Always at the end of the show, I ask the guests to give us your uh, shameless self-promotion. Uh, anything you want to tell us about what you're doing, anything that uh, you want to sell, you want to sell a book, <laughs> whatever it is, how, <laughs> sure. how, people, how people can get hold of you if, they're, if you're giving, uh, doing seminars and, and speaking and so on. So uh, this is your opportunity. Thank you. So for people who are interested in GPS Your Best Life, the book, and some of the work that we're doing, the workshops we're doing, they can go to gpsyourbestlife.com, and people can also find me and the work that I'm doing in the area of training and speaking at hammondgroup.biz. That's H-A-M-M-O-N-D-G-R-O-U-P.biz, B-I-Z. Very good, very good. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Uh, I, I this hour has gone by very quickly. It uh, did. <laughs> it did, didn't it? Uh, it I'm did. Gonna, I'm going to give you a call shortly after the completion of this show when, I, when I've when i wrapped it up. I'll give you a call. There's a couple of other things I wanted to mention to you uh, off air, and uh, we'll be talking very shortly, and I appreciate your taking the time to be my guest today. Oh, thank you. I had a lot of fun, and thank you so much for having me on the air today. I appreciate it, that. It was my pleasure. Thanks again. Thank you. Okay, that was uh, Ms. Charmaine Hammond, and we're talking about GPS, your life. And it's uh, it's really a lot of interesting information and a lot of conversation about how you can make the best of your life and best of your business, best of everything else that you're involved in, and how you can uh, make sure that you're heading in the right direction. So you can uh, go to Charmaine Hammond. You could Google Charmaine Hammond. I'm sure you'll be able to find her that way. And the book is GPS, Your Best Life. Uh, And the other book that she's involved with, she wrote with, is uh, On Toby's Terms, also going to be a movie. Uh, Go to that website as well. Uh, Be sure and and Google that and uh, very interesting information about uh, the dog Toby and what it uh, has meant to her and uh, what it's developed through that dog. So uh, with that, we're going to say goodbye today. Uh, We'll be back again tomorrow with another fine guest, another good conversation. We hope you join us at that time. Have a great day, everybody. Take care.
listening to the Movement of Vape Show, where we bring interesting conversations to the world. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, where we tweet as Boomer and Babe, and on Facebook as Pete Peters 47. As always, you can friend us on Blog Talk Radio or sign up for our newsletter at boomerandthebabe.com. Email us at host at boomerandthebabe.com with any of your comments. Remember, at 50, you're just getting started. 